Hi there, and welcome to episode 16 of the OGV Media Group Let's Talk Transition series of podcasts. I'm delighted to be joining you today from the Concarden Floating Offshore Wind Farm off the east coast of Scotland. And today we're going to be joined by Kirsteen Wood and Dan Wright of Flotation Energy. Now, we're here at Concarden because, of course, as we found out in episode 12 of the podcast, the founders of Flotation Energy were the driving force behind delivering this, the world's largest grid-connected floating offshore wind farm. So, hey, Christine. Hey, Dan. Hey. Hi. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for the invitation to, uh, to come out here and see the wind farm. Can you please introduce yourselves and tell us what your role is within Flotation Energy? Yes, my name's Kirsteen. Uh, my role is very much to make sure that we are communicating well with our stakeholders, regardless of who they are or where they come from, so that they really understand what we're trying to achieve with these floating up your wind farms. Great, and Dan? I'm Dan Wright, the uh, Supply Chain Manager for Flotation Energy. My remit covers all of our projects from a procurement standpoint and engagement with the local supply chain. Yeah, of course, we found out a little bit about Flotation Energy in the last episode, which is great, but can you remind us what's the sort of footprint of the company as it stands? Okay, so we're a worldwide company. Um, we have 13 gigawatts of offshore wind in the pipeline, and we're really ambitious to take that, that vision further and develop more and more sites all around the world. So, Kirsten and Dan, tell me, Senos and Greenvolt are Intog projects. Tell us, tell us about them. What does that involve? They're incredible projects. So they're going to help us decarbonise oil and gas platforms off the coast of Scotland. We're looking about 1.9 gigawatt combined, um, and we're really going to be able to reduce um, carbon emissions by as much as 85% from platforms that participate. So it's fantastic news, not only for consumers, we'll be able to benefit from clean energy, um, but it'll also be great news for decarbonising that industry too. Yeah, and it's great to see the offshore oil and gas industry and the offshore wind industry working so closely together. It's, like it's essential for the future of energy. And it's very much that our hope that um, by decarbonising oil and gas now, we help Scotland become a centre of excellence to be able to export that whole idea right around the world. Brilliant. And thinking about Green Vault and Senos, what does that add to the economy? We're looking at about 6.2 billion over the lifetime of the project and 2.4 billion of that staying within Scotland. 2.4 billion staying within Scotland, is that right? Brilliant. So Dan, Senos and Greenvolt, tell us a little bit about the, the infrastructure and, uh, and design of it. You know, where are these projects going to be? Where, where are the cables coming on shore? Where is the support base going to be? How does it interface with the grid? So the cables are coming on shore uh, around the Peterhead area, making our way across land to a substation further on shore. Um, in terms of... Uh, in terms of the support base, we haven't uh, finalised that contract yet. Finalised that, made that decision. Um, but it will very much obviously be in around the northeast uh, of Scotland. If we're in it. So, Dan, tell us about your contracting strategy to deliver these projects. So, currently, we're develop- developing those contracting strategies and taking them to the, the supply chain. Um, we're very keen to work collaboratively, um, not have a traditional client-contractor relationship where we are telling. We want, the, we want the supply chain to feed back to us, tell us their views on what we want to do and how we can work together to deliver. Um, the traditional client-contractor relationship, I think, would be very hard to, diff- to deliver a project by 2027 if we adopted that approach. We're going to have to work collaboratively, integrated teams, um, and, and 
with a, a, a win-win uh, risk reward type uh, arrangement? Yeah, we've seen a few of the different uh, major uh, contractors begin to partner up with developers. Um, is, is that what you've got in mind? Are you planning to use perhaps the same um, contracting model for each of your projects? I think our projects are very different. You know, some are larger than others, uh, some are fixed, some are floating. I think it's a horses for courses type approach. Um, in, in, in terms of in terms of partnering, you're absolutely right. We need to find the right uh, the right partners to deliver. And first power for Greenvolt and Senos, 2027. Indeed, that is quite a timescale. Is it achievable? It is achievable because um, our company had the foresight to look at getting in place consents for the actual wind farm itself, but also for the onshore infrastructure that will connect it to the grid and also looking at those all important grid connections. But now we're working with supply chain. Yeah, supply chain is obviously very constrained, as we all know, Um, but we understand that we're not going to be looking at a traditional three bids and a buy type scenario. We're engaging with supply chain already working on contracting strategies, getting their views on that. And we're going to have to work differently with the supply chain in terms of collaborative relationships in order to, to meet the 2027 deadlines. Great. And there does seem to be, you know, each time I meet the flotation energy team, there seems to be a real sense of drive and ambition. Is that how it feels inside the company as well? Absolutely. I think it's possibly one of the most exciting places to work. We've got this amazing vision that we really want to take renewable energy all around the world and we're determined to do it. What are the main challenges you foresee for the supply chain? The supply chain challenges are pretty well documented, Marie. Um, Capacity, capability, uh, lack of resource, it's all there um, as challenges. Um, We appreciate this and we're having to work with the supply chain very closely um, in a not such a contractor-client relationship, a more collaborative approach to make sure we can, uh, that they're prepared for the scale of projects that we have coming. And you know, these are really massive structures, as we can see. Um, why are they so big? Does the size matter? Size does matter as we start to look at actually building these and commercialising it and taking it on an industrial level because we need to be able to give the ports and people who are looking at the infrastructure development the confidence that they're building for the right size. Um, so we need to do get that stage where we're actually looking at having almost like an agreed standard as an industry that we roll out over the next oh. 10 years. Here's my demand so I take to our that's correct. Um, I think standardisation is the key, it's, it's Chris that mentioned already. I think we're very keen to innovate and introduce new technologies, but there does come a time when, in order to industrialise these developments, we are going to have to standardise them to be, able to, to be able to meet that goal. Great, and you know, given the scale of them, what do we need to do to make them serviceable here in Scotland. We're looking at lots of things all the time, so we're looking to try and do things offshore so that we can reduce the downtime on a lot of these turbines. So people are looking at um, automating processes such as um, just checking monitoring, but also replacing components as well. Often when I speak to project developers you know, around the UK and, and internationally too, um, they tell me that grid connection and consenting are two really serious challenges. Um, but Greenvolt and Senos have their grid connection already. So you know, what, what's the secret? The secret is looking ahead. It's about engaging with people right from the start. 
we believe in cessation energy, it's all about taking people with us. And that starts with your regulators. You have to be able to explain to people what your vision is, help them to understand how deliverable it is. And by that, you get buy-in. And by getting buy-in, you work together to find the solution. And that's exactly what we've done with our regulators to get the consents in place and make our projects deliverable by 2027 and 2028, respectively. And of course, we have the added advantage of being one of the few developers that's done it before. So we're learning off experience as well. Great. And, you know, the consenting process also comes in for a fair bit of criticism. Um, How does it affect delivery and you know is it fit for purpose it is fit for purpose i think it's very important that the people understand that it's there for for a purpose so it's important that we we protect the environment and that we make sure that the grid is a safe place so whilst things could always be done quicker and we would always love to see that i think it's about joining up the processes and making it more streamlined making sure that they dovetail with one another and so that there's no concerns that maybe something won't be delivered in time from one consent affecting another we have uh, two other projects, and uh, one in the Celtic Sea. Uh, it's a floating offshore test and demonstrator. Uh, we also have a fixed project in off the Morecambe Bay area. Um, we have uh, a couple of projects in Ireland as well, as the two Intel projects that we have mostly off the off east coast of Scotland. It doesn't just stop there. We also have international projects in Australia, Taiwan, and Japan. Brilliant, and I guess you know. Flotation Energy is now owned by TEPCO of Tokyo. So, of course, I would imagine we're going to see a, a huge amount more international growth from now on. Is that, is that the strategy? Well, the, uh, the idea and what our founders are telling us all the time is that, you know, we've, we've piloted this technology in Scotland. You can see it behind us. But now the vision is really to take that right around the world. And, you know, who are you partnering with to deliver these projects? We have a number of partners. We believe it's important to work with best partner for the project that you're doing. Some of our projects are partnered with Cobra, um, who are uh, an engineering contractor, but we also have a partner in Bargron, who have got an excellent experience with the oil and gas industry, and that's why our Senos and Rainbow projects were such a good fit with it. Okay, and do you see opportunity to partner with other developers for the delivery of these projects? Yeah, we're definitely open to working with others, but we're equally as happy to deliver things on our own. Yeah, okay, so pretty dynamic and flexible then in the business. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, now, you mentioned earlier that you are de- delivering multiple projects, and you know, I'm thinking especially in the UK and Ireland just now, you know, how, how many people do you need to deliver these projects? It's not always about resourcing up. House, it's always important to join the experts from even the local area that you're in. So there'll be times when having that local knowledge of ecology or being able to pull in some depots a little bit about how um, consenting regime works within a particular region, that's always very, very helpful. But it's always important to have that core staff, that core staff that can really give you that drive and enthusiasm and make your contractors feel like part of your team. There's no doubt there's a big opportunity to recruit further fermentation, but as Christy says, Helping, getting help from the supply chain, not double dipping on our uh, resources across that, that integrated team be uh, key to success in many recruitment area. And uh, here in the podcast, as you know, in each episode, we ask our guests to ask a question for the next guest. And in the last episode, we had Kieran Ivers, the Chief Executive Officer of Green Rebel. And Kieran, with a little help from ChatGPT, <laughs> left you with this question. What groundbreaking advancements and visionary strategies will help shape the future of offshore renewables, propelling us towards a world where clean, abundant energy 
meets the vast potential of our oceans? A great question. Um, you can see behind us, we're already starting on the clean energy piece. Um, I think in terms of groundbreaking and innovative technologies, perhaps I'm looking at it in a slightly different way. But um, I think being the key to success in this area is actually to industrialize. Perhaps we put our foot on the ball, if you like, a bit on the innovation at the moment um, and, and set the groundwork for successful delivery of these projects rather than keep trying to improve, improve and have a learning curve each time. Brilliant. And of course, I've asked you to set a question for our next guest. So uh, who's who's going to answer this one? I've got the next question. Okay. So we're, we're very big on bringing people in from other industries because we think there's a lot to learn from one another. So the buzzwords in the industry is skills passport time. My question to the next person who's coming on is, what skills are you looking for within your teams? Ah, good to know. And of course, we'll see how that develops as the, uh, as the industry develops. So look, that brings us to the end of our podcast recording today. Um, I'd like to thank you, Christine Wood, Communications Manager, and Dan Wright, Supply Chain Manager of Flotation Energy, for taking part in the podcast, but also inviting us out here to see the magnificent Concordian Offshore Wind Farm. And I hope, before too long, we'll be able to go offshore and see both Greenvolt and Senos in operation as well. Thank you very much. As always, feedback on today's podcast and suggestions of who we should be uh, meeting in the future on the show. And of course, any questions for the leaders of the energy transition would be most welcome. A lot of you get in touch through LinkedIn. That's great. But you can email me too. It's Murray, that's M-O-R-A-Y at anatconsulting.com. And I'll see you in the next episode.